Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of The World of Aora. I'm your host, Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino. For those not familiar with the show, if you find yourself new here, this is a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Every other week, I release a full episode on the lore of the world that Avowed is going to be played in by looking at the games of Pillars of Eternity. But there's too much lore to go around in all that, and some of the lore is not worthy of a full episode on its own. You can only get five or ten minutes out of it, and so that's what one of these bonus episodes are for. Today, I'm going to be discussing one of the major events in more detail that is connected to the episode I released recently on the Deadfire Archipelago's timeline. So if you listen to my previous episode on the Deadfire Archipelago and the history of that setting, which is the setting for the second Pillars of Eternity game, you'll know that there was a lot of history that I covered, a couple centuries worth of history actually, and I didn't go into detail on all of the events that took place. And there's one event that took place that I started talking about and I was going and rambling on about and recording last week's episode, and I was, at, I was getting at like close to 10 minutes when I realized this is too much for one single event in the history. Like, I need to make sure that I get through the entire timeline in one episode. So I decided to make it this week's bonus episode topic. Join me, will you, in discussing the Battle of Nakaro Atoll. Don't look to me. Perhaps nothing binds us. Rawatai tears itself in two, clutching after truth. And I... I wish I could have sated my hunger for truth in the halls of the Lore College. As a quick recap, in case you forget, or if you actually haven't listened to the previous episode, the Battle of Nakaro Atoll takes place, A, in the Deadfire Archipelago, which is a setting for the second game. It's a smattering of islands kind of in the east and central part of the world that is Aora, and it involves the Royal Deadfire Company as well as the Huana people. The Royal Deadfire Company is a, a large group of individuals from the empire known as Rawatai, one of the superpowers of the world in this fantasy world called Aora. The Rawatayan people are trying to survive in a very harsh world, and they find that the Deadfire Archipelago, this location in the world, has got rich soil to be used for planting food and being able to make their people survive back in their homeland. So they send a group of people that they call the Royal Deadfire Company out to do just that. However, there is already a group of people that are living on these islands, and the people living on these islands are the Huwana people, the Huwana tribes. They are a series of island tribes that kind of have a similar culture and government, but are generally kind of from island to island their own people. Uh, they are already living here, and as you can imagine, there are some of these native tribes that don't take too kindly to the Royal Deadfire Company just coming in and using their land to try to feed this other nation. Uh, there can be very defensive and there can be very xenophobic groups of people that are already here. And one tribe in particular of the Huwana is the, the Wahiki tribe, and they are a lot more aggressive and a lot more uh, fearful towards outsiders. I won't go into too much of the history behind them before I get to this one event, but long story short, the Royal Deadfire Company are in the Deadfire trying to establish dominance, and the Wahiki tribe are trying to push out the outsiders. And it kind of culminates in this one battle called the Battle of Nakaro Atoll. This occurs within the history of this fantasy world in the year 2758 AI, which probably means nothing to you if you haven't listened to previous episodes. It's a point in the history of the world. It occurs before the events of the second Pillars of Eternity game, as well as even the events of the first Pillars of Eternity game. No idea 
that is in relation to Avowed, we have no idea when Avowed is taking place. Hopefully we find out sometime soon. If you own a copy of Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire for your PC, especially if you have the Definitive Edition or the Ultimate Edition, oh, I can't remember exactly which one, uh, if you look into the PC files, you can actually find a PDF of the Pillars of Eternity 2 guidebook. You can also order a copy on Amazon.com, uh, which is where I actually ended up getting that. But I want to be reading off of the PDF file just because it was easier to hit Control-F and find Nakaro at all <laughs> rather than look through my entire book to find it. In 2758 AI, the Royal Deadfire Company made its first aggressive push into the archipelago. The Wahiki tribe retaliated by launching their canoes against the foreign armada. One thing to note about this is that the Royal Deadfire Company come from Rawatai, and the Rawatai are very well known for having incredible naval dominance. But the Wahiki tribe of the Deadfire Archipelago, they are probably the most aggressive tribe in the Deadfire, and they are also well known for basically having never lost a battle. And, you know, they know these waters, they know these islands, they know how to survive, and they got some tricks up their sleeve. So it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. Warriors cut through the waters of the naval battle with ease, spearing their enemies from afar, using keen hooks to board ships, and employing chanters to splinter masts with the killing songs of their people. So these are warriors of the Wahiki tribe. Um, they are, it sounds like they're boarding the enemy ships of the Royal Deadfire Company, and they're using their expertise of the local waters to get the advantage. And they're even using a specific type of person called a chanter, who basically just, they just speak and magic happens, and they can use their chanting magic to literally splinter the masts of these royal dead fire ships. The turning point in the battle came with the arrival of the Rautaian warship known as Tenants of Iron. And you gotta remember, this Rautaians are a little more advanced in technology than the Wahiki tribe of the Huana is. And so when this, like, when a warship comes in, like, it's a warship, you know? Something called the Tenants of Iron can only kind of tell you what it is they're coming up against. It's an intimidating craft that lumbered through the waters. The Rawatai had crafted waterborne explosives called Magrin's Missives, referring to Magrin, the goddess of fire and war, and missives, probably some form of a bomb or a, a torpedo, I'm guessing, to combat both the sea monsters and, of course, the Huana peoples. They loaded the tenets of iron with dozens of them to protect this armada. They would instead serve their purpose in sending a clear message that the Rawatai would not relent or compromise. So these Magrin's missives, which were, I guess, initially used for sea monsters, are now going to be used in this Battle of Nakaro Atoll. Each explosive blasted Wahiki canoes out of the water and killed hundreds of their decorated warriors. The Wahiki withdrew from the conflict and, in the interest of self-preservation, scaled back their aggression. Even though the fighting spirit was bruised, they persisted in lashing out with smaller raiding parties, which were troublesome but hardly debilitating. The Royal Deadfire Company pressed its advantage, filling the archipelago with the horns of victorious warships. So it sounds like, despite the valiant effort of the Wahiki tribe, there was just nothing they could do to battle against the technological might and the quantity of these massive ships in the ocean, and the Royal Deadfire Company ended up being successful. This is part of uh, some of the history that I mentioned in my previous episode of this Royal Deadfire Company moving into this Deadfire Archipelago area, and they were having some skirmishes with local sea creatures and the local tribes, specifically the Wahikis, and this was an important turning point, because it really showed that they were a force to be reckoned with. Like, it showed the Huana people that, like, oh, wow, these strangers coming from out of town, they mean business. 
and they can knock us down a pig. So like this is an important turning point in the history. As well for the Wahiki tribe, who have never really met a, a loss, I would say, on this level, at least as far as we can tell within the lore, like this completely changes their position within their own culture, as well as the entire culture at large and how they're going to relate to these new people. It kind of sets the stage for the Royal Deathfire Company being able to kind of do a little bit more of what they want now that they have power and that they've established their position. Now, that being said, it didn't just end there. There's an entire aftermath of this battle that uh, continues on between the royalty of the Huana peoples, their their main queen, if you will, and some of the leadership of the Royal Deadfire Company. I'm going to save most of that lore for when we actually do a deep dive on the Royal Deadfire Company, because, you know, I still don't have stuff to talk about when I bring that one up. Uh, but rest assured, the Battle of Nakaro Atoll does not just stop there. There are aftermaths and there are consequences, but the main immediate consequence being that the Royal Deadfire Company has succeeded, and they are now able to set a foothold in the Deadfire Capelago in the hopes that they can dominate the area to save their people back in their homeland. Where that leaves the Huana people? You can only tell by playing the game, which I highly recommend, by the way, or listening to the show, which is a shameless plug for my own show that you're already listening to, so you clearly probably already interested in the first place. That's it for today's bonus content, taking a, a little more detailed look at the battle between the Royal Deadfire Company of the Rauhtine Empire, which is invading the waters and islands of the Huana peoples in the Deadfire Archipelago. If you want to learn more about the Royal Deadfire Company or the Huana peoples, you can do so by playing the game, getting into lore, listening to the show. If you want to email me questions about any of these things specifically, you can by emailing me worldofaora at gmail.com you can also follow the show on twitter at world of Aora if you are into this lore you just want to see what's going on with the show thanks everyone for listening to this short bonus episode i hope it was able to supplement last week's episode a little bit more give it a little more depth join with me next week as we are probably going to be diving into one of the factions in the Deadfire archipelago but who, who knows I, I change my mind at a moment's notice sometimes uh, there's, but there's a lot of factions to go over, Royal Deadfire Company being one of them, the Huana Peoples I've already done an episode on. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. This is everything for today. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino, and I'll see you guys next time.